to Waking Oz with Sue and Deirdre, a podcast for women who want to step out, reclaim themselves, and create their most kick-ass life. Today's episode of 12 Roads to Oz is called Falling Down Spectacularly. Failing is actually part of the journey. Yes. So today we are going to talk about the importance of failure. And as women and really as people, we've been taught that there is nothing worse than failing. But in today's episode, we are going to argue that failure is actually not a bad thing. And in fact, failure is crucial to success. That's right, Deirdre. And failure can actually propel you toward success. Why is that? Well, because of what you learn by every single failure or misstep. Learning what not to do or how not to get a desired result is exactly what propels you, at least eventually, in the right direction. And I use this example because I love to illustrate the point by using um, Sir James Dyson. He's the guy who, of course, invented the cyclone bagless vacuum. And what a lot of people don't know about Dyson is he had over 1,500 attempts that failed at this vacuum. He had this concept. He knew what he wanted it to be, but 1,500 times he fell short before he got it right. And now he's worth $26 billion. So he's doing okay. Um, And, you know, you have to see every one of those steps some of them forward, some of them backward, as part of the journey toward that much bigger goal. Yeah, and I think, sadly, Sue, many of us just spend our time paralyzed by failure. And that's where negative self-talk comes into play, thinking of things like, you know, I'll never get this right. I should have known I couldn't do this. And instead, I think, you know, you really need to replace the language with what you can do. Like, okay, I need to go to plan B. I need to approach it a different way. I need to learn more about X. But I do think you're right that no great success was ever accomplished without failure. And, you know, the story about Dyson, you sort of wonder, once he had a thousand failures, right? <laughs> what, what made him keep going? And, you know, that makes me think about Thomas Edison because it took that poor guy 10,000 attempts to create the light bulb. I know. I can't 10, imagine 000. hanging in there that long. How many people would have been that persistent? Yeah. And, you know, I love, I love what Edison says. I've not failed I found 10,000 ways that didn't work. Mm-hmm, right. And I think that's such a fascinating way about looking a way of looking at things because you know, I taught third grade for 10 years and you know, what do we teach children? Edison invented the light bulb. Right. We don't teach children. Right. It took Edison 10,000 tries to create the light bulb. We only hear about the successes and I think it's equally important to know that great success comes by many failures. Yeah. And I think you have to look at it and say, well, how do you start to take those risks? How do you jump into the fire? How do you get past that fear of trying? Because ultimately that's a fear of failure. Um, And I think that you have to first take time to think about what is it that you really want? Not what other people want for you, but what you really want. And remember this, no one is paying as close attention to your missteps as you are. Frankly, no one cares that much. And I know that sounds harsh, but people have their own lives. They have their own stuff going on. So don't be embarrassed if you lose your way. People in the end will remember your persistence and your successes. The failures fall away. Yeah. And so I think it's also important to come up with a what if scenario. You know, what if I failed? What's the worst thing that could happen? Because I think most of the time, the fear of failure 
is a lot worse than the reality. And as long as you can live with the worst thing that can happen, it's worth it. It's worth taking that risk. Totally. And I think on the opposite end of that spectrum, imagine how your life could be different if you took this risk and succeeded. So visualize your success and think about, can you live with yourself if you don't give it a try? You know, because then you may have to live 10 years down the road with that woulda, shoulda, coulda. What would have happened if I had tried that? I wish I could have done that. You know, the time is now. It's not the if you if you act now, you'll have fewer regrets later. Absolutely. And also realize that it may take you several tries to reach your goal. But I think rather than looking at those times as setbacks, look at them as periods for growth. And I don't know about you, Sue, but this is challenging for me. You know, patience is key. Mm. So having patience is important and that can be a hard for a lot of people. And, you know, I think we live in a pretty instant society. So the thing that you have to remember is that some things take time, but that time is actually an investment in you, in your future. Yeah. And I think that you're right. And patience is the hardest part for me too. I think a lot of us, you know, we just want it and we want it now, but you know, many of us, I think, look at successful women and men, and we imagine that, you know, they were overnight successes, that their path to success was quick and it was easy. And generally speaking, it's neither of those things. Um, I think many successful people have experienced failure after failure before finally achieving success. But again, those failures fall away. And what we remember is we remember, oh, J.K. Rowling, let's use her as an example. She's the multi-billion dollar author who wrote Harry Potter. But guess what? Her books were rejected by 12 publishing houses. She was completely penniless. When she finally published the book, she had a thousand copies and she had to actually donate half of those to her local libraries. And now she sold over 400 million copies of her books worldwide. So um, she's a perfect example of patience and persistence. Yeah. And I think for us, Sue, maybe we need a sign on our wall, you know, BJK Rowling, (laughs) because I think, you know, for us, certainly that's that's been a struggle trying to figure out how do you publish a book? How do you get people to read your book? And, you know, it is discouraging over time when when you don't you know, you get a rejection letter. We're not interested in this. So to sort of imagine that J.K. Rowling had 12 publishing houses say this book just doesn't have anything to offer. And now she's the head of this Harry Potter, you know, empire. Right. Right. And I think, too, you know, you can't take these um, rejections personally. And that's hard for a lot of people. I think a lot of people end up giving up because they sort of take it as a personal affront. And it's and it's hard not to because we're humans and we have those emotions. But, you know, you have to go with your gut and you have to say it's not maybe it's not for every publishing house, but it might be a good fit for somebody if I just keep trying. So good on her. Yeah, I think another person who kept trying, um, who I just think is an amazing story, is Oprah Winfrey. Um, I don't know if you know this, Sue, but after college, Oprah Winfrey was hired to work at a local television studio. And the producer actually fired her saying that she was, and I quote, unfit for television. Can you imagine? (laughs) So laughable now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now he's probably, or she, uh, probably pretty sad that they fired (laughs) Oprah Winfrey, but, um, you know, she relocated to Chicago. She began hosting her own talk show, which was then syndicated across the country. And we know how her story ended right now. She's one of the most celebrated media moguls. 
And I just, I think it's important to think about what if she had listened to that producer? You know, what if at that point, Oprah Winfrey's career in TV ended? But instead, you know, as we've talked about in earlier episodes, she listened to her gut. She surrounded herself with positive people. And most importantly, she was willing to risk failure. Yeah. And that to me, Deirdre, is the secret sauce. Women who have experienced incredible success have been willing to fail first. And, you know, we have to be honest, all of us have had our fair share of failures. I don't know any human being who hasn't failed at something in their life. And um, I mean, I know when I started out in my career in radio, I had no radio experience. And I've talked about that story. I, I I sort of fell into the job and and got the job at just an opportune time. But, you know, I had really no experience. I knew in my gut I could be good at it, um, but I had no experience and I really didn't know what I was doing. And here I was working in the top morning show in Boston and I had not a clue what I was doing. And I was pretty bad because I was really second guessing what I was saying. I was thinking, what does my host want me to say right here? What is my role on the show? What can I say for, you know, so that listeners will like me. And that was all the wrong approach. And finally the host and my mentor said, you know, you need to be yourself. You need to be vulnerable. And that's a tough thing to do, but you're not always going to say the right thing. You're going to put your foot in your mouth sometimes. And sometimes we're going to argue and we're going to have differences of opinion and that's okay. That makes good radio. And, you know, over, it didn't happen overnight. I kept persisting and I kept saying, you know, and I had those negative thoughts sometimes like maybe I'm not cut out for this, but then I thought, no, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go for this. I can do this. And eventually I did. And I made a complete career out of it. Like you, Deirdre, you know, 25, 30 years later, here I am still in media. So had I listened to that uh, negative self-talk or had I given up, um, my whole path would have been completely different. So, you know, I had to fail a lot in the beginning in order to get where I am today. And, and that's just part, like we say, part of the journey. Yeah. And I think I had a similar experience. You know, I, I went to college, my degree was in theater and education and, um, you know, I felt like I was really prepared to sort of take on the job of directing a children's theater performance. And I have to be honest, I stood in front of this group of 40 children and I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and a lot of it was about just getting control of 40 children. Yeah. And I remember the first couple of days, you know, yelling and trying to be louder than them. And I also had this incredible mentor, Kevin Dwyer, who was the principal of the school. And he came in one day and he just said to me, just speak quietly, make them listen to you. Which was so counterintuitive, right? You were like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. Because when you're, you know, when, when you have 40 children in a room, you know, your heart is beating, like I'm losing control. I'm losing control. And, but what he really taught me was how to guide children without yelling. And, um, and that was like something 30 years later, directing children, I've always kept with me. And actually my friends sort of joke about it. They're like, you can go into a room of a hundred children and in 30 seconds, they're all quiet. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. But I think he, A, I was desperate to be successful at this, right? I, I wanted to direct children. I wanted to work with children, but I also had a mentor who said, okay, this is, we have to work on this. You, you don't have all the skill sets that you need. And so I think by really failing in that first job, it then allowed me to be successful for the next, you know, 29 and a half years. 
And I think the skills that I learned in those first six months were skills that I use today. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that you stumbled upon a really important thing, which is be open to learning from others, regardless of how much schooling you've had, how many degrees you have. I don't care. You can always learn from the people around you. And you were open to that. You were open to his suggestion and his guidance. And I think those also, that is also another secret of really successful people. They surround themselves with people who know more than they do. (laughs) And that works out great. I think it's interesting because I talk to my the student teachers that I mentor now and, you know, they'll teach a lesson and it will be, you know, in their eyes, a major fail and they'll be all apologetic. I can't believe how bad that went. And I always say I, I'm not interested in how bad the lesson went. I'm interested in what you learned from doing that lesson, because right. we've all in our jobs had days that were just not good, right? Mm -hmm. Days where we really failed. And I think what's more important than focusing on that day is, okay, how am I gonna take this failure and how will it inform how I'm gonna do things better tomorrow? Right. Yeah, and so, you know, I hope that we've inspired the listeners out there to, to take a risk, to be prepared to fail. And success might not happen immediately, and that's tough. But when you fail, you learn a lot that will help you meet your larger goals. And again, make sure you have a support system to catch you and encourage you to keep going because that is super important. Yes, so, so important. Encourage each other. Absolutely. And also, we ask you to encourage your friends to listen to Waking Oz. Mm -hmm. We would so appreciate the love. We'd appreciate a follow, a like on social media as well. As a lot of you know, we are trying to get to 1,000 likes on Facebook by the end of this 12-week challenge. So please help us. Yes, please. We wish you all positive thoughts. We hope you're all safe and well. And please remember to join us next Thursday and every Thursday for another episode of 12 Roads to Oz on the Waking Oz podcast. See you then. 